Hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another episode for uh, season 13, episode 3. This episode we're going to be discussing what is the sacred feminine, also known as the sacred femininity, or uh, basically to help us understand what the uh, feminine is as part of this lecture series on human nurture and how the uh, masculine interacts with the feminine to uh, achieve polarity. Positive, negative, yin and yang equilibrium, for example, for the sake of human interaction and human relationships, be it romantic, intimate, shoulder to shoulder, face to face, right? All the above. While I uh, go on a nice walk in the hot sun. It's 80 degrees out here in the uh, East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area, so it's pretty fantastic weather right now. It's a lot better being in the valley where it's like 105 plus almost every day during the summer, which sucks, So, but it is what it is. Anyway, what is the sacred feminine? So, sacred... the. Uh, the earliest definitions, as near as I can tell, of the sacred feminine come from ancient Egypt. Now, we already talked about how the sacred masculine also came from ancient Egypt, and their definition is that the sacred masculine prioritizes the big things of life, right? Big things, big picture, big. That could be from vocation, jobs, fighting wars, uh, aristocracy, uh, being involved in politics, all those uh, challenging things of life that the masculine seeks out and rises to the challenge and defeats those challenges. Because the sacred masculine grows in the midst of challenge, right? The sacred feminine is completely different, or quite frankly, it's the opposite. So how is it the opposite? Well, that's because the sacred feminine prioritizes the small things, the small things of life, right? So what does that mean? Like, let's, let's look at an example. So what are the small things of life? Uh, Shopping is a small thing. I mean, think about it, like men, they go, they go shopping. They don't go shopping. They usually just go buying, right? They go in to the store, they get what they want, and they leave the store, right? Whereas women, they go to the store, not only do they get what they want, but they look at all the other things, you know? Ooh, I could use this for this, or ooh, I could do that, or hey, you should do this, or just the entire world opens up to them because they want to keep that shopping experience going and going. Whereas men, from a completion standpoint, it's like, well, I have this challenge of going to go buy something. I'm going to buy something. Great. I completed the challenge. I am satisfied, right? They move on. Women, it's different. They're not really satisfied, right? <laughs> Quite frankly, they're not satisfiable, actually. 
which to be honest I think that's amazing I like how women are just not satisfiable and even though if I satisfy a woman it's only for a very short time before her need to be satisfied again comes up and why is that well it's because it's that part of life where life keeps going it keeps moving it keeps producing energy upon energy and it produces more and more challenges for me to meet and those challenges are presented by the feminine because the feminine exists to keep energy going to keep things moving right the river must flow the uh, the spice must flow okay yeah that's our dune reference um, you know uh, the blood must flow in like a war situation how many wars have been fought over women right Helen of Troy right uh, that war was completely fought by over a woman and Trojans lost right according to the story anyway but the feminine exists to keep things going right and using that shopping reference or keeping the the act of shopping going right uh, you know it, it even even is the same like when you're you know sexual intercourse like women keep it going they they like something that's you know deep and uh, it has value or meaning and of course it depends on the 16 types because each of the 16 types female or male we approach sex differently right and we also have different needs that are that are primarily need to be met and secondary needs that are secondarily need to be met and then everyone has different sets of primaries and secondaries with the sexual act right but at the base level if you were to burn it all down to the ground and just look at the base foundational components of masculinity versus femininity the feminine it's all about keeping things going I mean how many women for example you know they orgasm and they could have multiple orgasms right versus with the masculine with a male once they reach that climax once they reach that completion it's over for a longer time right so that could be you know that's just one example basically it's one example of how it works right in the bedroom you know whereas women are able to go even further right you know and have the the multiple orgasmic experience and it takes a man of decent quality to be able to satisfy that for example but again it's just another example of how things keep going how the feminine likes to prolong things prolong the experience keep the energy going because they live so much in the moment in that way the feminine does at least it's because the feminine really represents the universe it really represents everything of nature to be masculine especially according to David data who wrote the way of the superior man which is where some of this material is coming from the universe nature itself is feminine and just existing in it you know is is masculine but interacting with the physical environment and everything that it is and you know women being the most beautiful component of 
this physical reality that we live in, this feminine reality that we live in, it's so that they could provide that beauty. Now, obviously, men and women, we have primary male traits for men, primary female traits for women, and then we also have the opposite secondary traits in us. And this is shown in our psychology through our anima and our animus. The anima slash animus is basically our subconscious. Our subconscious is one of the four sides of the mind. The subconscious always carries the opposite gender, right, of our ego. And when we're exploring and developing our subconscious, we're actually either becoming more feminine or more masculine, depending if you're a man or a woman. Because you're able to shed those insecurities, the fears that you have when it comes to interacting with the opposite gender within your own soul, much less having you know a relationship with the opposite gender, right? It's completely different. Why is that? Well, like the fourth function, it's called the inferior function. And then once it aspires because through maturity, through aspiration, it's able to unlock that area of our minds, right? Well, this is really important because fear is attached to the inferior function, insecurity, right? The feminine exists, quite frankly, to expose insecurity. I mean, that's why if you're in a relationship with a woman, she can always expose your insecurities. She always knows what buttons to press because to her, insecurity is a problem. Insecurity is what inhibits uh, fear, is what inhibits growth. It keeps, it keeps a man from reaching completion. It keeps a man from reaching wholeness, right? It keeps a man from, you know, staying moving, right? Because the feminine is trying to keep movement and energy and growth. Remember, the only proof of life that exists is growth. If there is no growth, there is no proof of life, right? I mean, that could be said, you know, immortals, for example, they don't grow, so they're technically not alive. I guess that's where the concept of the undead comes from. Same thing with vampires, right? They're undead. It's because there's no growth. The only proof of life that exists is growth. If a man is stagnated as a result of his fears, that's going to frustrate the feminine. The feminine's gonna get in the way of that, and the feminine is going to provide challenges to the masculine, challenges to their men, because men grow, men advance in their masculinity by completing challenges. But how does the feminine grow? The feminine grows through praise through appreciation. I gotta be honest with you, this construct known as the earth, this universe that we live in, this very feminine universe that we live in is absolutely fantastic. Like, imagine it, all of creation, as many call it, is absolutely brilliant, subtly brilliant. And there's so many secrets and so many wisdoms and so many hidden truths available in this reality that we live in this you know what we perceive to be physical reality in this feminine reality it's absolutely amazing and it definitely is you know in some cases praiseworthy right well women or the feminine is no different because it grows through praise in the same way masculinity grows through challenge right so, I mean, if you're in a relationship with a woman, why not praise her? See what happens. 
If you actually devote yourself using your introverted intuition for willpower or introverted sensing for self-discipline and you will yourself to praise her or you discipline yourself to praise her, for example, if you're able to do that, just watch how your relationship changes for the better. And it, this does not just apply. This does not just apply to, um, um, you know, intimate relationships. Even giving a woman attention, for example, is a form of praise because she has your attention. Your attention's not somewhere else, right? What makes her so special to have your attention at that moment, right? It's really important. Like, for example, I had this job and there's a lot of attractive women in the in the building. Super gorgeous, you know. Uh, you know, they got the amazing hair. Their smile is super killer, you know. They got a great chest and that fine ass to go along with it. Absolutely fantastic. Do you know what I did? I ignored them. And what I did instead is I, <laughs> I spoke to the old women or the women who are overweight. I gave them my attention instead. I did this because, because they are, were lacking in praise and they needed that praise and I was providing it to them and those women would be willing to do anything for me on the job because I gave them the attention that they missed, that they lacked, right? Attention, praise, you know, INTPs listening to this, you know, you guys got it. You got this apathy, risk of apathy being, you know, something ignoring your woman, for example, ignoring the feminine. You can't do that. You have to train yourself with your introverted sensing child to uh, have self-discipline and force yourself to praise her and find something. You know, they, they often people talk about, you know, you got to find things that you're thankful for, right? I guarantee you that if you're married, or at least have a girlfriend, or in a relationship with any woman, even if it's your mother, I guarantee you, I don't care how much you don't like her, I don't care how apathetic that you would need to be towards her, I guarantee you there is something you could find to praise about her. You just have to discipline yourself to do it. And then as a result, just watch. Just watch what happens. Well, she doesn't deserve praise. Eh, okay, I can understand that argument, but the feminine needs praise in order to grow. So why are you inhibiting the feminine from growing in your own life? How is that, how is that productive? How is that going to help the feminine in your life? Besides, king, warrior, magician, lover, when you reach the lover stage, and it's not just your relationship with the woman, it's appreciating everything in this feminine universe that we live in, you know, Women are just the apex. They are the literal apex of nature because they carry with them all of the beauty of nature concentrated at one single point in space-time. And it is absolutely fantastic. Thus, as a result, women are the greatest treasure that this universe has offered up for the masculine, for the men. They also present the greatest challenge which is excellent because that keeps life going. It keeps life interesting. It keeps life growing, right? Growth is, will, will always be inevitable in the presence between the polarity of the masculine and the feminine. It is super important to maintain that growth so that life can continue. Without the masculine and feminine in equilibrium with each other, 
life cannot exist. And then there is no future. There is no growth. Instead, it's a barren wasteland. You have to make sure that you are cultivating the feminine. Like plants, you water them. Provide them praise. Man, if you're watching this, praise your woman. Even if sometimes she doesn't deserve it. Obviously, you have to have self-respect. But at the same time, are you not respecting yourself if you praise your woman? So, the feminine, we already talked about, uh, exposes fear, for example. And then because it sees fear, it provides challenge. It provides the opportunity for the masculine or men to rise to the challenge and defeat that challenge so that life and growth can continue. But if that doesn't happen, the feminine's going to move on because there's no more energy anymore. Man, how many times in your life have you stagnated because of fear and then as a result of that fear, even though it's not even related to your relationship, it's destroying your relationship with your wife or even your daughter, right? Or, you know, how many men watching this channel uh, have really bad relationships with your daughters? Probably because you're not praising them. Think about that. You know, it's probably because you're not spending time trying to grow them, right? And then they become disobedient or maybe they're just making a lot of bad decisions on their own. Well, probably because they're not getting the attention that they need from you, right? It's a form of neglect. You can't neglect the, the, uh, the feminine. If a flower is going to grow, right, it grows because it's getting photosynthesis energy from the sun because it has the sun's attention. That is what the masculine is. It is like the sun. The sun needs to shine upon the rose of the feminine. If you are not providing that light, if you are not rising to those challenges and literally engulfing your woman or engulfing the feminine with your light, like what are you even doing? It's only going to destroy the sacred feminine. So remember, let's talk about like, let's talk about patriarchy and feminism, you know, all these things. Feminism is kind of twisted. It's kind of more like reemphasize the secondary traits of the feminine and getting the feminine to focus more on the big things of life instead of the small things of life. So that's why we have women who are prioritizing careers over, you know, having a family, raising children. I mean, who could blame them? It's not like the, the masculine in first world society is actually remotely being productive. You know, they're not rising to the challenge because their parents never taught them how to rise to the challenge and their their parents never taught them how to rise to the challenge either. And then we have fatherlessness that's making it even worse. So as a result, the masculine is completely inept and the feminine is basically choking for all dear life. And then as a result, because the big things of life are still challenges that need to be met by somebody, women are being forced to meet those challenges in this feministic society. That's a problem. You can't do that. It's only going to cause even more trouble, even more problems for following generations until eventually, it may even be the complete and total end of our race. I mean, if nothing changes, we may look at mass extinction of the human race due to potentially even lack of fertility, specifically because of fatherlessness. If we don't curb the fatherless now, we may lose literally everything. And our birthright, our, the, our inheritance as a race, this planet that we live on, will, will be lost. And this planet will no longer be ours. Specifically because the masculine needs to get its act together.
you know. The thing is, though, is that masculine sometimes has a hard time getting its act together for the reasons I've just stated. But another way that could happen is if, like, you know, if the feminine does not, you know, respect the masculine. And I talk about this in how, in my uh, playlist, uh, how intimate relationships actually work. You know, women, the feminine needs to be respectful towards the masculine as they meet those challenges in life. A man who is not meeting those challenges and not succeeding through those challenges and not getting over their fear. And getting over their fear does not mean being without fear. No, no, getting over your fear and conquering your fear means you're afraid, but you still make it happen anyway, despite the fear. That's what it is to be a true man, right? And that is what is respectable. That is what is noteworthy. That is what is noble among the feminine. To prop up the men in such a way where, look at this man. He has defeated all the challenges I have sent him. I will now unite with him because he is worthy, right? He is worthy to me. But the man is like, well, it doesn't matter what challenges or storms you throw in my way. I will meet those challenges and I will beat them all. So I already know that I'm worthy, right? That's why if... A man, uh, why, you know, if a woman is disrespecting a man, for example, be it in friends or a close relationship, the man's like, well, I already know I'm worthy. And I already know plenty of other women would consider me worthy, especially with all the challenges that I faced and met and defeated. You have no right to be disrespectful to me. So I'm going to move on if this is going to continue, right? It's the same kind of thing. There's also a risk, too, you know, when women become stagnated as well, right? An example of stagnant women are women who let their body go, who lose self-respect, and then they start lacking beauty, or women who become disrespectful, even if they have all the beauty in the world, all the physical beauty in the world, that is, if they're, if they're pretty, but they're pretty arrogant, right? That's not ideal. Better for a man to find a woman who has the prettiness and the humility simultaneously, because that is what true beauty is. A yin and yang equilibrium of prettiness and humility at the same time. It's not enough to have a fine ass, but it's also not enough to be the most respectful person in the world either. You have to have both. That's the burden of the feminine. But the burden of the men is to not stagnate and to meet challenges head on and not give it into their fear. And the feminine will expose that fear. And then if the man does not meet those challenges, rise above those challenges, then the feminine will have to abandon that man in favor of another man who can. I mean, is that not natural selection? This is, this is the dance. This is the dance that the masculine and the feminine are in. And that's what these relationships are all about. It's all about a dance. The feminine is just trying to keep the energy going, living in the moment, and keep it flowing, right? While the masculine is trying to reach completeness. But that search for satisfaction, that search for wholeness, that search for completeness can only be gained by facing, meeting, defeating the challenges brought upon by the feminine. Think about the harsh environment of the earth. It's a dance. Our relationship with the earth is a dance, a masculine between the feminine. And that's how we do it. That could be the sub-zero temperatures of the Antarctic or even the Arctic or on top of Mount Everest or at the deepest reaches of the Laurentian Abyss in the Atlantic, for example, if that's in the Atlantic, I don't know. 
or if that's a real place, I don't know. I read about it in the Hunt for Red October, so sue me. <coughs> so the feminine grows by praise. The feminine will expose fear. Uh, the feminine is all about keeping experiences going and long-lasting and keeping the energy going. Talked about those things. We talked about the feminine being respectful and uh, and uh, trying to seek out that nobility. And we talked about the unison of the feminine and the masculine for the sake of creating life and prolonging life as we know it here on the earth. The feminine focuses on small things, you know, and uh, <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, like another example, we talk about shopping, but I mean, men typically, they don't raise children, typically. They don't, you know, in a family situation, they don't typically do all of the house chores. They do some of them. But they're so focused on meeting the big things of life, you know, the challenges that the feminine sends their way, that their headspace cannot be really bothered to do all of the small things, right? And that includes, you know, things like cleaning, although I recommend men be kept, at least, you know. It's because their priorities are different. It doesn't mean they're a poor man or they're not they're not manly enough or they're not in the, or that they're incapable, you know. It just means that it's not a priority to them. Now, sure, sometimes in order for them to be respectable, those things need to be a priority for them. Absolutely. But that kind of also depends on their nature. You know, which of the 16 archetypes according to uh Jung, uh Carl Jung, Jungian analytical psychology, which of the 16 types they are, because that determines their nature, and then how compatible they are with, the, with their feminine uh, woman, for example. All those issues are different, you know. It, it really impacts things. The, uh, the anima and the animus, because of our opposing genders within, we have to reach peace with ourselves, peace with the feminine or peace with the masculine within ourselves, in order for us to be successful anyway, much less be at peace with the feminine and the challenges it throws in our direction as men or uh or hoping to find a man who is able to meet those challenges and succeed at those challenges you know for women are they able to do that right that's what it's all about so the sacred feminine focuses on the little things but don't forget even the most, even the smallest things of life can be the most precious things of life. Children are precious. They're precious treasure. You know, if my woman is my greatest treasure, you know, then my children are like, you know, the treasure of the treasure. Because they're the future. They are proof that life exists. They are proof that the masculine and feminine dance is producing life and keeping life going and guaranteeing the inheritance of our race to this world that has been given to us that it is you know important for us to take care of and manage and be uh, good stewards of right but if the masculine and feminine dance ends we will lose that opportunity we will lose this inheritance that's been given to us not a position i want to find myself in or anyone in for our race I would rather our race continue indefinitely. The small things of life. Another example um, 
would be diamonds. It's interesting how, you know, the masculine, at least men in first world society, provide a diamond to a woman when they are going to enter into a marriage, right? And the diamond is the most precious substance on the earth, and yet it's also uniquely flawed, each and every one of them. And it's kind of like human beings. We're all flawed. We all have the human condition. Religious circles call it sin nature. We all have this problem. But a perfect diamond is a, is, is a fake diamond. It's worthless. So you have to understand that there's beauty in that imperfection. And the beauty of that imperfection is really symbolized within the masculine and feminine dance. Uh, dance. And it's really symbolized in the sacred feminine's priority for the small things. And the small things are super precious and super valuable. Raising children is valuable. Keeping a home clean is valuable. Doing the dishes is valuable. Chores is valuable. Uh, prioritizing those things uh, for the sake of the masculine and keeping the energy going and sending challenges towards the masculine is important because it ensures life, it ensures growth, it ensures a future. That's how important these small things are. That's how important the sacred feminine is. And the sacred feminine has been crushed. It's been crushed by patriarchy, but now we have a feministic society and it's gone the completely other direction and there is no balance. And the dance is still at risk. The dance between the masculine and the feminine. It was super at risk with patriarchy. It was imbalanced. And it is still just as at risk in feminism because it lacks balance. And women then are forced to look at the big things and men are forced to look at the little things because the dance has been disrupted. The ancient Egyptians understood this dance, and that's why when they created, you know, rules and set up their society and organized their society with their with their uh, what people may consider traditional gender roles in families, you know, they they had enough influence that it was practically over all the earth in the same way ancient Babylon did. But they understood these things, and they protected these things through rituals and. Uh, through practices, even laws, requirements, uh, their, their religion, for example. All of it was there to protect the dance. But we're not protecting the dance. And it is important that we understand how important it is to protect the dance. We need to put up, have standards within ourselves, and we need to have boundaries for those outside of us to protect the masculine and the feminine. Because these things are sacred. As men, we need to have the standard to praise the feminine. And as women, for example, you know, expose, those expose that fear, expose that insecurity, bring challenge, have self-respect, but also preserve your beauty. Do everything you can to increase your beauty because you are the apex, the absolute apex of all creation. Why would you not live your life like that? Well, it's hard because feminism has caused you to be focused on the big things. That the small things, like beauty, end up becoming a lower priority for you. And that's a very sad thing. If we could just stop the fatherlessness, if we could, stop, if we could restore the mature masculine, we can restore the mature feminine. Because where men lead, women follow. And that's not a bad thing, it's because the women want to follow those men. 
real men, the mature, the men of the mature masculine, the men that make it worth it, the men who have their deepest purpose and know their, their deepest gift that they are trying to give, willing to sacrifice themselves to provide that gift to the world. I've just been accused recently of working too hard on this YouTube channel and pumping out content and, you know, running this business and doing a whole bunch of things, but even though that is really true and I have uh, gone that way, this is my deepest gift. It is my responsibility to see it through for everyone, not just the audience, but everybody. I've been given... I've been given this gift of knowledge and wisdom and it is my responsibility because of what I know to share it. And that is how, that is one example as to how the mature masculine is working in my life for the sake of the mature feminine. It's my desire to remove the fatherlessness and take back society, restore personal sovereignty, uh, preserve culture, while allowing the creation of new culture and guaranteeing the future and the inheritance of our race in this world. Because unless we have the dance in balance, there's going to be a loss of life. And there will be, instead of growth, there will be stagnancy and death, ultimately. And that is not a future anyone wants. So remember, when it comes to Sacred Feminine, make sure... You give it attention, you give it praise, and make sure if you are feminine that you are worthy of having attention and worthy of that praise. Don't allow yourself to get so bogged down by the big things in life that you're not able to take care of those priorities. Same thing to the masculine. Don't allow the small things in life to inhibit you from giving your deepest gift. Women are part of the big picture. They are part of this universe. They are the apex of the universe in of its own right. I'm not asking you to worship them at the expense of your self-respect, but I am asking you to understand the wisdom behind this. And so just make sure that you are meeting those challenges and you are making sure that the mature masculine is being supported and preserved and maintained and generated through you because the mature masculine is to be generative. And yes, while the feminine definitely consumes, and they're very consuming in a lot of ways, especially because their priorities are the little things of life, it's part of the challenge, right? Women are just not always satisfied, but that's the best part. That means there's always going to be challenge for this masculine to conquer. That really is the beauty of life and our existence. And I'm very thankful for it. So, Anyway, that concludes this episode on the uh, Sacred Feminine. If you found this lecture to be useful, insightful, helpful, enlightening, please uh, subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and on the podcast. If you have any questions about the Sacred Feminine, please leave it in the comments section. Uh, in the uh, upcoming episodes for this season, season 13, I'm going to be talking about King Warrior Magician Lover as well as Queen Warrior Magician Lover and the archetypes of the, uh, the mature masculine and uh, mature feminine. So that'll be fantastic when we're uh, doing that. I'm excited. So great. Well, I got a lot more of these to do. So I'll see you guys tonight.